Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome to Badgedamia. Today, our guest is Nikki Harkin, who's an instructor in the Department of Communication and Media. She is a baker extraordinaire a bachelor virgin, well, almost, not anymore, um, and generally a rad human. So Nikki, you want to tell our listeners some things about yourself? Sure. I am a bachelor virgin. This is my very first episode I've ever watched. Um, and it's been funny as I've prepared for this, right? Because people are like, really? You've never seen it? And I'm like, no, because I think it's trash. Like, why would I, you know, and not only trash, but like it gives young people this so distorted view of like what relationships should be like. And it turns out I was right. <laughs> I was right. Oh. Um, yeah. So I have, uh, my husband and I have a blended family. So we have five kids between us. Um, two of them do happen to be bachelor at or bachelor. I'm not sure. They watch these shows. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's awesome. So were they excited that you were watching and, and going to be on the podcast? They are both at college, so they don't even know, but I can't wait to send them this link because they're going to think it's really funny. That's awesome. Nice. So one of the things that we do is each week we start our episodes with a question that's okay. just for fun, really. So this week's question is, if someone were to catch you doing something that you should not be doing, what would it be? Peeing behind a public building. Nikki, are you an outdoor peer? If I got to go, mama's got to go. I mean, you've had children, you know this, like the bladder is pee size. And um, yeah, if both bathrooms and I will pee in a man's bathroom, like it's my job. I have no worries about that. So if both are full, I'll be out back. That's awesome. Bill, what have you been up to that you shouldn't have been? I mean, in my younger years, it was probably uh, like sneaking a drink into a sporting event that I shouldn't have. I know in college, a lot of times we did the old like Pepsi can with like whiskey in it or something. Um, And I've been kicked out of a few Iowa State games because then like a like a, a guy, you know, like one of the security guards saw us like passing beers back and forth. That's probably it. You know, the skinny jean trend is not good for hiding. Yep. Back in 2000 when we wore the big. And one time when uh, Iowa State, I can't remember what bowl game it went to, but we went there and Pace was handing out these big like Yosemite Sam um, cowboy hats, right? Pace picante sauce. Why they were doing that, I don't know. But they were like, you could stack like five or six beers in them. So all of us got one and then we like stacked the beers and like, walked in balancing them into the game and then we would you know it'd be like quick quick grab one out grab one out we'd all pass it so that's awesome yeah y'all's are much more interesting than mine I was like I was like you know maybe if I would have thought about when I was younger I could have come up with some better ones but you know right now it's it's boring things like you know I just bit off my fingernails (laughs) like like what is something I shouldn't be doing biting my fingernails I don't know um I was just wiping my nose on my sleeve before we started recording so I'm really attractive stuff here folks I'm notorious (laughs) at the university for not 
during COVID, but it's like not asking for permission to like move chairs or do something like that. Like I have no problem going into a room being like, I'm taking these chairs. We'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. I will say I worked um, as a custodian as when I was a student mm-hmm. and I was actually cleaning Bartlett Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, so before we started recording, Nikki was complaining about how dusty her blinds were in her office. And actually one of my jobs was to go into people's offices and wipe, you know, dust everything down. And I would dust those, those blinds one like blind at a time. And I started working, it was a really early shift, like at 4.30 or five in the morning. And sometimes I would just lock the door and take a little nap underneath the desk. And then I'd be like, oh, time to go out. Those blinds are all clean now. (laughs) That would have been amazing if someone would have walked in while you were asleep. Like who is this? I random... don't think it ever happened, but I would have been mortified. <laughs> mortified. When you're so, tired, you know, you're tired. Yeah. The sad thing is, you know, now waking up that early is just commonplace. Right. Um, but it felt it felt rough at I think I was maybe like 21 or 22. But staying up that late was not that big of a deal. That was my thing. You had to get me up at 4.30. I'd be like, I'm not going to do this. But if we were like out till 4.30 in the morning, it was just a good time. I've always been like an early bedtime person. Like my friends, I'd be like, can we just like go out at five? Like, why are we waiting until 10? Get your work in early. (laughs) My parents always gave me like a 12.30 like curfew. And like, (laughs) even after I moved out, I'd come back home and I'd be, or I'd be like out and about at college. And I'd be like, it's 12.30. I got to go home. (laughs) My mom actually still jokes about when I would have slumber parties, like in elementary, I'd be asleep, right? And all my friends are like playing and getting snacks. And they've like taken over my house and my mom would come find me and she's like, you, your friends are still awake. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I got to sleep. Like I can sleep with vacuums beside my head. Nothing, nothing stops me. I love it. Well, I suppose we should talk about this episode of The Bachelor. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Um, I guess that's what our podcast is. So this week's episode, one word, what you got? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I don't know if I have a good word. Um, I'm going to pass until I hear other people's words. That's where I'm at today, <laughs> mentally. So I think it's probably easier for me, right? Because this is the first time I've seen mm. it. So my word would be what? <laughs> the, what? I, I kept repeating that, like what? <laughs> so my word's time. Mm. Time. I think everybody wants time with Matt. They're really anxious about getting time with Matt. And that seems to be the hot commodity is time with him. I, I am really drawing a blank, maybe chaos. I felt like this episode was just kind of chaos. Like usually at this point, you're starting to solidify how many participants are in there and, you know, they're starting to have relationships and I feel like they've thrown so many people in so many things have happened. I feel like Victoria has created so much chaos that like no one's gotten time with him to really get to know him. 
I would agree. I'm kind of getting grumpy about that. At this point, Claire had already taken Dale. They were gone. Yeah. 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 So you missed that last season. Um, The Bachelorette, she chose her mate um, (laughs) in like three episodes. They got engaged. Which doesn't happen. They are now broken up, though. Um, So this episode does begin with Matt expressing his disappointment and Sarah leaving. And then we sort of see a clip that foreshadows this tension between Victoria and Katie that will grow the rest of the episode. So they're having a conversation um, and Victoria's talking smack about Sarah and Katie's like, let's just move on. Um, Thoughts about that. Thoughts about how this starts. Um, There's been some interesting rumors about Sarah since her leaving. Oh, really so i've seen two different things one i saw some things that suggested that she might be interested in having a relationship with chasen who was um on claire and tasha's season last you know like last season um but then i also saw a rumor that the entire time she was on the show she actually had a boyfriend back at home a famous dj i i'm not hip enough to know who this is so i don't know if rumors are true can you be famous if you're a dj like you don't really even make music like you're you're like a fake musician and then you like like so i don't know if you can really be famous because you're famous for mashing up other people this shows how old i am i you know dang kids with their music I think you can be popular, right? Because you're at all the good parties, mixing some music. There's a difference between good and famous. So, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm old too. So I just think about like Casey Kasem. Yeah, he's a famous DJ. What are you talking about, right? Like, he's great. I heard him yesterday. He's on the oldies station, which, by the way, I had some issues with because the oldies are now playing really great music. (laughs) Okay, so so. We right away, I think, start moving into a group date and Chelsea and Matt are, you know, chatting on a couch together and Chelsea begins talking about her hair. And so Chelsea is a black woman. She has almost a shaved head, not completely a shaved head. Um, What were your thoughts about this? You know, I have a few things that I've been thinking about, but what what are your thoughts about this moment in the show, their connection, et cetera, et cetera? I think it's good for America to hear this, especially white America, because I think that there is a lot of not understanding about what hair. It's good for men, too, just to hear what hair means to women. But I think uh, black women and hair, there's there's a lot of um, culture around it. Um, and white America doesn't understand that. So I thought it was really interesting to listen to. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I wrote that down. I was like, hair, um, you know, is so emotional. Um, you know, people break up and people cut their hair oftentimes after breakups, right? Part of new identities. And, you know, so I really felt that connection. And I agree, Bill. I loved, yes, the, the verbalization of, of how difficult that is to be different growing up. So 
you know, one thing that I think is really important to note is the way that beauty norms are really racialized, right? So we've, we've mentioned before on the podcast that attractiveness, for example, attractive faces, Bill, I think you talked about the mm -hmm. symmetry. But of course, we also know that while some of that's universal, that there are slight differences based on cultural norms and perceptions. And in U.S. culture, it is common that we would attach norms around feminine beauty to European white notions of what's attractive. So Black women and their hair is oftentimes... Um, so I was reading an article, so I'm drawing some of this from various things that I've read, but I was particularly looking at an article by Cynthia Robinson in the Howard Journal of Communication called Hair is Race, Why Good Hair May Be Bad for Black Females, and kind of did some interviews with 38 um, Black women about hair. And what, what she really found is that women would describe having so black women still have a range of hair some have thick hair some have thin hair there's range in terms of the curl shapes the um you know the, the kinkiness of the hair and the dryness of the hair and so people would talk about in this having good hair meant that it was straighter or easier to straighten and that that was more valued as more beautiful hair and hearing oh, my mom has beautiful hair, my sister has beautiful hair, and that meant um, straighter hair. Mm. And yet, like, the curlier hair has all these amazing possibilities for how you could style it. So how can you reframe that as a really positive thing that you might be able to do more with your hair um, because of those curls? And so I just, I really appreciated her conversation. And of course, her rebellion was to cut off her hair. So Chelsea was like, I'm going to cut off my hair. So I don't have to deal with it. And of course, long hair is much more associated with female attractiveness than short hair. So the act of cutting off her hair was sort of rebellious, both because of her femininity, but also because of her, her blackness. So um, I really appreciated that. But that wasn't your extra credit. So no, that, that wasn't was just, extra credit. I just talked way that too That was much. just some high level professor in there. That if was you, if you hang out with professors, you know, anytime they're about <laughs> to just be like, well, there's four different theological, theoretical underpinnings of the yep. And let me name all the theorists. Yeah, I can I can tell when I do that to my friends because their eyes just like glaze over when I'm like. <laughs> I hope I didn't make you all glaze. No, that was good. Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, so uh, one of my favorite things is that Victoria and Katie yes. kind of get in this get in this argument, and uh, Katie, I think it's you know Katie's like expressing yourself and name calling are not the same thing. Um, so thoughts about this moment, these fights, are they fair? Katie is a hero. At this point, I feel yeah. like like the two people yeah. that I would say are most likely not to end up with Matt going at each other. And Elaine, who was on the show last week, keeps pointing out. And this is, I think, a really good point. Victoria really needs a team like she needs to take a position. Um, and I think for as strong as a personality as she is, she really doesn't have much of a personality. Right. Yeah. 
like she's pushy and she's mean, but she just seems to need to take a side on everything without any real backing, which conversely, I feel like Katie's kind of herself. Like she has stuck up for the things that she believes in. And then there's times where she just hasn't stuck up. And I think it's interesting. They're obviously two really big personalities, but they're coming off like the way those two are perceived. It's very different. Uh, you know, absolutely. So the group date Rose goes to Chelsea. People are jealous because that's how that works. Right. And then, um, then there's this argument between Anna and Victoria over who gets to see Matt first. So they're getting ready to go. Like there's a date and it's like, who's going to get one-on-one time with him first. Um, at this point, <laughs> Victoria makes a queen Anna versus Elsa comment. And okay. So my children are obsessed with frozen we just bought frozen underwear for my daughter and she now just pees in the potty. It's the easiest potty training experience I've ever had. Um, all we needed was frozen undies. And um, what gets me is like her comment, you don't understand that Anna's really the queen of frozen, not Elsa. So, you know, that was disappointing. I have never seen the Frozen movies and it's one of my life goals to never see them. I don't have kids. I, I'm pretty good with the kids movies just because I work with kids in some respect. But yeah, that's one I just, I purposely have avoided. It really is good though. But if you would have asked me, will Victoria get this analogy correct? I would have said absolutely not. She has had so many like, like saying she's messed up and it's like, this is, there's no way she's able to get this metaphor out without screwing it up. You know, I actually, go you ahead. Know, it reminds me of like every, okay. Victoria? First of all, she's so mean. Yeah. Victoria. Yeah. So mean. Okay. So I don't like her at all. Um, I love her. Right. Like, in a weird, like odd way. I, I get a kick out of her. <laughs> she reminds me of like a mob wife, right? Like she should be somebody who's married to a mob boss. That's right, Kevin. She and then she got on that big white furry coat. And I was like, she's totally in the mob. She would be good on a Real Housewives. Yes. Like that is her wheelhouse, right? Real Housewives of Pensacola, Florida. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I cracked myself up with that one. <laughs> I can't. That coat. Oh, that coat was something like. I like Corella DeVille. Like, I don't know. That coat had some attitude. I mean, there were a lot of fashion choices last night that I was like, whoa, what's up with that dress from 1987? I don't know, Mari or Mary or whatever. She had on this like teal, like puff sleeve thing. I'm like, seriously, that's prom 1986. Where are your Payless dyed shoes at, lady? I had a theory that she lost a dress and she borrowed one of Victoria's. <laughs> Okay. Because Victoria's had a bunch of dresses like that. It's yeah. Well, so in a in a move that made me absolutely giddy, um, Chris Harrison interrupts Victoria yes. and Matt's time. Yep. yep. <laughs> and it's lovely. And you can tell though, like 
I, I can't figure out why she's even still on the show because you can tell he actually doesn't like her because in that moment, right, like <laughs> she went in for like the hug. And by the way, I hope that this dude just like carries like mouthwash and Tic Tacs and there is more saliva swapping than like, you know, a college freshman dorm. I don't know. It's so disgusting to me. But anyway, when she went in, he had no interest in hugging her. I mean, it was very like super stiff. Yeah. So I, I saw an article today and it was the producer of The Bachelor and basically why is Victoria on the show? And he said that when they did like the casting call, her personality was out there. He said, you know, we do get people who we think will, he used the term be big personalities, but I think what he meant was world-class shitster. Um, and he was like, that's who she was. Um, and then she got... Uh, she got arrested back in 2012 for stealing cosmetics, which she probably did not bring with her to the show because she seems to have, that was my snarkiness. It's gone. Um, and food from like a gas station. And so then Danielle, because she's one of my besties, sent me a video interview with her and Victoria, like, she looked good in that and she seemed coherent. And so I'm just wondering what is happening to poor Victoria during this time? Like, does she have COVID? Did she get bit by a tick there in Pennsylvania? Like, I just feel like there's something not going on right with her because she doesn't look well. She's not coherent at this point. It's not, it's multiple girls. It's like- yeah. MJ looks rough too. It's like their life is being zapped out of them. I made the suggestion that perhaps Katie's vibrator is actually sucking the vitality out of other women. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, it's, it was, it's like striking though. When you see a video of Victoria now, um, she looks a lot better. I don't, I want to know what her diet is right now. I would like that sort of a transformation. Um, so yeah. I just finished a book called High Achiever, and it's about a lady who gets arrested for uh, drug use. And it's kind of her time in prison and everything. And she talks about like how draining and monotonous it is. And I wonder if some way this is a little bit like prison-esque for the people in there where it's like, they don't have TVs. They don't have their cell phones. And I'm sure they're all big cell phone users. I wonder if there's like a detox, like, especially you could see Victoria being somebody who's like constantly on her phone and like, she's having to have conversations and. Yeah. Cause nobody actually wants to be her friend unless it's behind a screen. Unless you need someone to fight for you. Oh yeah. Like Anna takes her yes. under her wing later. Right. That's yeah. I think we were texting about that, but you could tell Anna wanted to start some shit because when she wanted to talk trash about that girl, she didn't go to, you know, anybody. She went straight to Victoria and was like, well, I heard cause she knew Victoria was going to like, just, yeah. Is Anna the water talker? Teeth girl. Yeah. Yes. I sent, I actually sent Daniel a message. I'm like, she looks like she's, you know, that game that you put that dental piece in and then you like try to guess what he is saying. I'm like, that's what she looks like when she talks. I saw a meme where it was like, she looks like she's trying not to lose the crest white strip off of her teeth. And I was like, as someone who uses crest white strips, like I know exactly when you like walk around and someone asks you something, you're like, yes. <laughs> Girls drying her teeth. 
And yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate because she's beautiful, but the teeth talking is there's a big difference between because she has an amazing smile and then like she gets angry and talks and it's like oh she like it's just a <laughs> yeah so so well, what sort of hard. sets her off though is that chris harrison breaks things up um between victoria and matt and then announces that there's going to be new girls introduced and they introduce five more women y'all I am grumpy about this. Okay. Well, first I'm off, Danielle, like you're just, you're having a rough week. And I feel like this has kind of become your, like, this is the thing you're pissed about, which I get. I understand that apparently the argument is that they had more people apply to be on Matt James season than ever. But just because people want to be in doesn't mean that you have to let them. So they started out the season with more girls than they ever have. And then they just keep adding them. And I think one, the girls are frustrated that, you know, they're like, I just want time. I've been here for three weeks. I haven't had time to really meet this person that I'm supposed to be forming a relationship with. But on top of it, as a viewer, I don't feel like I'm getting to know any of the women except for the bullies. Right. And I'm not getting to know, like really get to see people's relationships form. And I am here for the love, right? Bill is here for the drama. I am here for love, folks. And as, it's just not happening. As far as the podcast goes, it's not helping us because we were talking. I feel like we've had the same conversation about the show now for three weeks in a row. It's like new girl fight. Like we need some relationships so we can talk about them or it's just going to be me talking about how much I love Victoria and her meanness all the time. And, you know, we're up to like 110 downloads a week. We're going to lose all those listeners except for my mom. Hi, mom, who listens every week and tells me it was a great episode. And I love that about her. Yeah, so we have five new women. Brittany from Chicago who sucks his face as soon as she sees him. But if someone's going to suck your face, she's good looking. So there is one. I don't hate either one of them for it. Like, go for it. What? So I have a question. Sorry, Danielle. I'm running us off the rails today. My furnace <laughs> really is as Danielle's angry. As Danielle is angry about too many girls, my furnace was leaking, and so I've just decided to like. I just want to see the world burn. I want to see our podcast world burn this week. Um. What is worse, going up and just straight out sucking face with them or the really ridiculous, like, cheesy line when you meet him? What do you think, Nikki? Oh, that's a good question. You'd be cheesy all the way, wouldn't you? Oh, totally. Mm. Although, you know, I do have to say something. So I, kisses are real for me, mm. right? Like. Kisses are very real and it takes generally one. I mean, I'm not kissing random people anymore because I, I am married. Um, but like my freshman year of college, I think I kiss probably every boy on campus, right? In an effort to find someone who kissed the way I want, because there is something about that kiss. And so maybe that was part of her strategy. I mean, other than just like locking lips and getting sloppy. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
because also like when Anna kisses him, it's so gross. It's super open mouth. And I feel like there's probably drool coming and they like change the camera before he has to wipe it off on a sleeve. I mean, it's just disgusting. Right. So I don't know. I go back and forth on that. If you're in this kind of show, I guess, why not? I, I think the awkward is way where the awkward, like greeting with like the strange little saying, or I think that's way worse. Like just go get the kiss on. Mm -hmm. But I will have to say, uh, right. So we all know this is my first episode. I, uh, am rooting for Michelle all the way. Like they're, they're, they're it. Like, why don't we just end the show? Cause those two are, you could see it from the moment she walked up. Absolutely. We, I'm a huge Michelle fan too. We'll get there. Plus she's a teacher and all of us are teachers. So go teachers. She's the teacher from Minnesota for anyone who doesn't know for sure. Yeah. So then there's also Ryan Kimberly. the name. I really like Ryan as a girl, a name for a girl. That's all I know about her. I couldn't pick her out of a lineup, but I was like, Oh, I like that. I, I think that's cute. I like typically male names for women like i think it's fun but what about women names for men what what about women name women's name for men mm. no like kim kim for a guy my son is harper i feel like that's androgynous yeah that's androgynous i know a kim as a guy it's kind of weird leslie as a guy mm. sorry mm. keep going all right i'm gonna i'm gonna focus now <laughs> this is it vinegar's in the game so these new girls, they come on and the old, the, as they call themselves, team, the varsity, OG. <laughs> the varsity team player, old, old girls, they are not happy. Is there, is there anger justified? What do y'all think? Do they have a right to be angry? No. And no. let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because they have the advantage, Right. They, if you would have asked any of those girls that are already there, here's your option. You get to start midway through the season or you get to start at the beginning of the season. What would you like? They all would have said beginning of the season. Like, so you don't, they're just, yeah. Quit complaining. You're on the show. This should have been in the orientation materials. I, I totally agree. Like, here's here's what I kept thinking. Like, with all of the, like, the complaining and the whining and the bitching. Oops, sorry. That they all do, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was very much having sort of these Bernie Sanders mittens moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I got to swing by the inauguration, but I want to be warm, right? And then I got to go drop off some mail, right? So, you know, that went crazy because people think it's awesome. But I'm like, well, that's no nonsense. The dude's right from Vermont. Of course, he's going to dress warm for this thing. So I kept having those moments of like, what the, what did you think this was going to be? Like, how did you think this was going to go? Right. And they're like, oh, he this. I'm like, you signed up for this. You've watched it. This is not a surprise to you. Ugh. I wanted to don't. My mom used to say you got to pick up, pick up your big girl panties. Right. And move on. Absolutely. Pick up those frozen big girl pants. Pull your frozen pant training pants off the ground. And get to work. Yeah. Go talk to Matt. So I thought they could be mad, but they get they should be mad at the producers, not yes. at the women. Yeah. Correct. Right? Yes. You can be mad at the producers for creating this situation, for not giving you time with Matt, but you can't direct that anger towards these girls that 
are here for the same reason that you are. Exactly. So I, I want to, I'm going to do my extra credit. Okay. You know, I kind of already did one, but I'll do one. Oh, another. hey, you're in charge. So, um, bam. I want to talk a little bit about territoriality. Okay. So typically when I teach about the territoriality, I'm teaching it in nonverbal communication under a unit on proximity. So proximity is the study of space and territoriality is a possessive reaction to an area or a particular object in this case, maybe Matt. Um, and we oftentimes, you know, lay claim to or defend our turf, right? So territoriality is signals ownership, um, we mark our territories much like animals do. Um, there's ways Nikki. that. <laughs> yes, Nikki peeing on and things. Nikki pees outside. Like, this is my house. People do this metaphorically, <laughs> but some people <laughs> just go right in there for it. Um, also, you know, like Bill was saying, um, we oftentimes have home field advantage, right? So when something happens on our territory, we have an advantage to that. So there's recommendations, for example, that if you're going to ask for a raise to do it, well, your boss is in your office. Mm. So when you were saying like, they shouldn't be mad, they have home field advantage. You're right. <laughs> you know? um, so it can also, territoriality can also signal status. So the location, size, and appearance of territory matters. We also can invade territories of people with lower status. So, but we oftentimes wait for permission to enter territories of higher status people. So for example, when Catalina comes in Miss Universe and Victoria steals her crown, well, one, that we could break that whole situation down, but she's more able to do that without complete pandemonium because she has some status because she's already been there. Right. If the roles were reversed, you're saying like if she had been wearing her crown and Miss Universe grabbed it, there would have been a fight. Oh, yeah. Um, for multiple reasons. I think. Yeah. Right. Um. And then we typically have different types of territories. So we have body territories, home territories, um, different kinds of territories, right? We also have different ways that we mark our territories. So sometimes, um, you know, I was using the example when I was texting Bill this morning that if you're at the gym and you leave your towel on the um, treadmill and then you go get a drink of water and you come back and someone's on your treadmill you're like what like i left my towel on there didn't you know that was mine uh jerk right and so a lot of times we'll put one object there and that like signals that everything or you know like that thing around it is yours um so one of the ways that we really see this on the show is that they have some rules about one-on-one -on -one time with matt on group dates so when Brittany, a newcomer comes in and who was it that was on that date? I'm having like a blank. It was Anna, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was Anna. Comes in and is like, hey, can I steal him from you? And Anna's like, no, like I want some more time. And then she just stands there in the back. I That's call that the angry patron. 
like when you're at a bar and you're waiting for someone to get out your table and you're like, yeah. But the other thing too with that is that Anna then didn't even say anything. She's just like, uh, 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 I'm, I'm so, I like, she reminds me of a foot stomper. She's for sure a foot stomper when she doesn't get her way. Right. Absolutely. A foot stomper and a teeth talker. Yeah. But yeah, so that's a little bit about territoriality. Um, we might think about how that plays it's, you know, plays out in this episode. Oh, question. Yeah. So I saw this that Donald Trump, our former president, uh, when he would sit down, he would push stuff away from him. Is that part of kind of what you're talking about? Like um, yeah, we might think about that as um, man spreading, right? Okay. So man spreading is this idea that typically people in position of power also take up more space. So we might think about that in terms of physical space. The person that has the most power typically has the biggest office, the better view, et cetera, et cetera. People that have more money typically have more square footage of their homes. Well, when we also are people that are in power wanting to assert power, oftentimes take up more physical space. Um, their bubbles are allowed to be bigger mm. and you're not allowed to invade their bubble the same way that they might invade your bubble. So we do this with kids a lot, right? If I kind of go up to my kid and I get something off of his face, like I'm invading his space. If he would turn around and do that to me, or if like I was at work and Bill came up and like, I would be like, what are you? No. Right. Um, you know, so I think that there's like ways in which those sort of boundaries sort of exist around territory. So when somebody takes up a lot of physical space like that, there's all these images, for example, of men on subways, you know, with their, you know, their legs really separated, um, their arms kind of out while other people are having a stand because they're taking up three Mm -hmm. different seats worth of space. So that is definitely a power play. I like it. Well, I don't like it but I appreciate the information. You're welcome. So, rose ceremony. Kayla, Callie, and Kim go home. Were you surprised by any of the people that went home? Kayla, I thought their whole uh, North Carolina connection was going to be a thing. I felt bad for Kim. She clearly did not belong she looked different from everybody her dress looked very odd like i thought maybe she was a producer and they just were like her lifelong dream was to be on the bachelor and so it was like her last day and they're like you know what kim get it here here's this weird swimsuit dress just go out there and it's like even when she was talking to him it's like she just didn't have much to say she didn't seem real sad when she left it was like yeah. I wasn't, I was a little surprised by Kayla. Um, I was surprised that he kept, I was more surprised by some of the people that he kept. Mm. You know, I was surprised yeah. that he kept a couple of the new girls. I want to say Kimberly and Catalina. I didn't. And Ryan actually like Brittany and Michelle. I felt like maybe there could be something, but the other three, I was like, mm. so I was kind of surprised by that. Also the, some of the other girls start to unravel at this point. So Anna is really worried that she's getting sent home. Serena C starts crying and you're like, 
this seems excessive. I'm really uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Anna, the thing with Anna was like, I think she was almost crying too. And it's like, but then when he gave her the rose, she was all happy. And so what I couldn't decide was, was she crying and then went out to the rose ceremony or was this after and she was being re-traumatized because she was very smiley. But yeah, things just aren't going well. Like they need to check for a, like a radon leak there or something <laughs> in that building. It's unhinged, like mm -hmm. legitimately unhinged. Because I kept thinking, you know, they're like, oh, the show's about finding love. And I'm like, really? What is it about winning? That is, you know, one of the things that I continually struggle with this show is that I understand that it's a competition. There's many ways that they use the language of competition throughout. They have like actual competitions on many of the group dates. Yeah, poor girl it got is, stuck in the pumpkin. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, the the pumpkins. By the way, so Bill, you have you have rode a pumpkin before? Hmm. Yeah, when I was in Ireland, uh when I was in college, they had this race that you went down the river and people would stand and like throw eggs and stuff at you. And whoever got down the river first won. And I had a friend who had a pumpkin and his, his buddy that was going to help him wasn't there. He's like, you want to help? And I'm like, yeah, I want to ride a pumpkin. So, yeah. Bill, you have lived. You have yeah, lived, yeah. my friend. I have packed a lot into my 38 years. Oh my gosh. Well, so we get, okay, right before that, we get like this surprise visit from Ben Higgins. What are we even doing anymore? This is dumb. They what? keep doing this on the show. They like bring in past bachelors and they're like supposed to be like good friends with the current bachelor. And you can tell that they don't really know each other. And it's like, oh, they're here to help guide them on their journey. And I'm just like so over this. And sometimes, yeah, you can tell, like sometimes, all right, they're friends. And then other times like this, it was like, it was the best example I can give is when your spouse is friends with somebody and you are forced to spend a night at a dinner party with that, the spouse of that friend. Right. And you're like trying to find common ground. You're like, so what type of beer you like? Wheat beer. I'm a lager man. Like it just, yeah, it was just awkward and yeah. It was, yeah. So let's move on. So we have this date. Poor, is it Maggie or? Maggie, yeah. Maggie try, can't really row. It's adorable. I liked it. But then they're like having this squirrel competition and Victoria looks somehow better in a squir squirrel <laughs> costume than she does regularly. Um, I... Bill, you loved this date, didn't you? I yeah. Well, I like a good competition, and this seemed like acceptable levels. Um, so yeah, I thought it was funny. I don't know. I just, like, I how did they come up with this? I actually wrote in my notes. I said I would like to do the fall in love race. Like, I was all about it. I'm like, I could do that. Absolutely. Although I was concerned that they didn't actually carry the nuts like they were supposed to, because they were supposed to carry the nuts like squirrels, but they just had them with their hands. Squirrels don't carry nuts with their hands, do they? No, they carry them in their mouths. Yes. Danielle knows. I've been sending her squirrel facts for a while now. So. <laughs> yes. So I, th I think that they all cheated because they did not yeah. follow the directions. Well, the rules are always loose on these. Yeah, like 
like with the that weird paintball capture the flag cake thing two episodes ago and it was like what i have no idea i just i thought it was a good date it was it was fun um i just am always like how do they come up with this how are they like we're gonna put them in squirrel costumes and this will bring matt closer to them (laughs) um but so the the group kind of progresses this is where we have Brittany interrupting anna brie ends up getting the group date rose anna's super disappointed because she thought she was going to get it i think that her meanness really comes out because right. she's now like blaming that she didn't get the rose on Brittany's interruption yeah this is where she really turns like up to that point you're like oh she's I don't know, this could be bad. And then you really see her start to be kind of a jerk. You know, this is where she first brings up the whole escort thing, which apparently has no, like, she doesn't, she's not really an escort. Like, that was the funny thing is she said she might be an escort and the girl's like, I'm not. And she's like, okay, fine. It's like, if you think someone, like if you're willing to go and tell people that like this person is taking money uh, to like, show someone around, maybe have sex with them. And then they just say they're not. And you're just like, okay, I you really didn't believe it that much. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. bad, news. bad news bear. Mm-hmm. So then let's talk about something that's delightful. Yes. Michelle. So yeah, Michelle, yeah. So, wow. <laughs> they go on this date and you know, what are you, Tell me your thoughts. Why do we love Michelle? What did we see happening between them? Ease. That's what I saw. There's a sense of ease. So I felt like this was the first date that he went on where there was an attraction and you weren't like, oh, it's because of this or they did this or this seems like infatuation. I mean, this seemed like a type of date that if you were going to be like, this is my ideal first date with someone I might fall in love with. They like... You know, they did some stuff that's fun, but they also talk the whole time. Um, they had lots of mutual interests. Um, you could tell that uh, he really admired what she did. They seem to have similar beliefs. I mean, kind of everything you want in a first date. You get to know him. You don't get to know too much. Yeah, I agree. I would also like to know. OK, the binoculars were a little much for me. Love it. Right. Like, okay, why just are you have binoculars and just with to- the binoculars? Yeah. And then, yes, like, where did you guys pack binoculars? Really? Where did these binoculars come? And all of a sudden, they're like up on the top, you know, like rrr, 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 clean them. And I'm like, really? Like, why? You know, you're going to be upset watching that. Why would you do such a thing? And- I just, I imagined like four producers like pulling the balloon and then, like, right? Like, producers laying out white claws like out to the porch with the binoculars set up and the girls are like <laughs> and i did really like serena p i liked when she was like imagine having your first kiss on a hot air balloon they're like stop and she's like i'm sorry but just imagine like i feel like at least she had a sense of humor about it you know yeah, yeah i really like serena p um i think it's going to end up between serena p um, Michelle and Rachel. Ah, I feel like you can see it coming. It's coming. What about Brie, though? Nah, 
No. I don't know why. I don't have that strong of an opinion. I just <laughs> felt like saying, nah, I got to look and see who Bree is. To make Bree, sure. he had his very first one on one with Bree. I also have to say, I was thinking this during the Michelle date, though, right? Because I'm obviously very much a pragmatist as I'm watching this, right? I'm like, okay, what do these people actually do for jobs that they can take this amount of time off, right? So that's on my mind, okay? And then I was thinking on top of that, when I was watching the date with Michelle, I'm like, and you can't find long-term subs. Like, who's, who's watching her class? Long-term subs. No, she's, it's all online and she's like jumping on like hold on matt johnny's not doing his calculus <laughs> hey I, I gotta i gotta yeah i gotta teach them five plus four like how is this working because legitimately if you ask anybody in k-12 you cannot find subs so who's watching the kids she's got a real job she's not like a former yes queen queen is my job i I really appreciated the conversation about um, what teaching is like during COVID and conversations about race relationship relations and the conversation about race relations and teaching in Minneapolis yeah. in the was- wake of the events of the summer. So I thought that I really appreciated one that they're not cutting these conversations that they're putting these conver- you know they're, they're putting these conversations on air i appreciate it too because it does feel like real genuine talk so i appreciated all of those I think things. tom said that when he was on last season um tom hall mm-hmm. he said that it felt very authentic and i would agree it's not like they're not like not like the binoculars and the balloon where you can tell that the producers are like, yes, 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 yes. Or Anna sitting down with him and Brittany coming out like that felt like that was they had that it was and maybe that's why it, their connection felt so authentic because you could tell that they were both into it. Absolutely. So then we go back to the house and things with the Anna Brittany escort rumors really start to escalate. Um, we did a, can you update us on the poll that we did? So the majority of people could not date an escort. Um, there was, the majority said no. There was a, a, of the like 50 or whatever who took it. Most said no. Few people said only if I knew what it was, only if it wasn't for sex. There was only a few people who said yes. Hmm. I'd be interested to ask them, would you ever hire an escort? What we find a lot of times is that people are willing to um, partake in those services, but they would never have a long-term partner that was part of it, which I always think is an interesting dichotomy for another day, for another day. All right. Yeah, I'm on track now, Danielle. D3. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, so um, then (laughs) we, we move to the group date again. And they, so one, they start out in like the forest and I really do. I agree with Bill that I think that this was just set up to start here so that we could see Matt James with his shirt off, like squatting a tree. Right. Right. So, um, but, but Bill, I think you have some extra credit here. Right. Well, first off, I tried this and the neighbors were like yelling at me to like put my shirt back on. Like I was lifting our wheelbarrow and they were just like, come on, guy, put it back on. We're going to call the cops. 
Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about intra-sex competition. So you think a lot about intersex competition, which is uh, where we fight to have uh, our potential mate pick us. But there's also this whole line of research about intrasex, which is how we kind of try to pick off our potential um, potential combatants or people who might vie for that. And so what we find is that there is a pretty big difference within the sexes. Now, again, we are talking about heterosexual relationships. I could not find anything about same-sex relationships and how this goes down. Um, but uh, Kordsmeyer um, and Saxton, uh, 2018 and 2015, found that men are much more likely to use physical means of intersex um, competition. So that means that they will, like the boxing date, that is much more normal uh, around men. We also find that... Um, men are much more attuned to characteristics that show dominance. So that is like a really deep voice. It is like um, very, being very muscular. Um, let's see. I had some other one. Oh, facial hair. All things that other men see and um, view it as dominance that it may stop them from going for a potential mate. Now, if you ask women how attractive they are, there's this curvilinear relationship where they're like, he's attractive, he's attractive. And then you think of like a bodybuilder and then the large portion of the population starts to think somebody that is that big and that muscular is not attractive, right? But it still has a big impact on if you have a group of men, if they will go for a potential mate. Women, on the other hand, still do uh, compete. They still have intersex uh, competition. However, they use more social means. So probably what you would expect, right? When we, we've talked about this, I say this like this is class. Last week in class when we talked about this, uh, <laughs> women tend to be more social. So this is uh, Villancourt 2013 and Bogle 2018, Bogle. Um, but women typically are going to criticize looks. Um, they are going to spread rumors specifically about sexual promisc promiscuity between women. Um, and then they're going to use social exclusion. Um, so they are going to exclude women, which you're seeing this play out right now, right? Um, last time the men were in each other's faces, they were going to get in a fight. Remember Chasen got up in, um, I can't think of the guy's name, the guy that looked like Wreck-It Ralph, Ed, he got Ed. up in Ed's face and was going to like punch him, right? That's much more acceptable for men in society, but for women, that's not as acceptable. So they tend to use those social means. So they pair off, they spread rumors. So that's the state of that research. Thank you, Bill. We're edified. Oh, uh, so this was my last thing. This is probably why you saw Matt not even go through all of the different boxing matches, right? Because once it started to get violence, it's a lot less acceptable for women to mm -hmm. fight it out. And that's, you know, he was like, we're done. It's over. So. Okay. Were you two? I was actually kind of hoping Victoria was going to box. Like I was a little bit sad. Like let's get her in the ring. Come on. I think Victoria is throwing a punch. And I think she looks like she's not a, a small, like, like, I think she could probably punch someone. And I feel like MJ's probably stabbed someone for drugs before. Just <laughs> like, she's just got that look. I, I was just like wondering too, if there'd been so much tension in the house, if that after them getting to literally punch each other, if things felt 
like if some of that tension. Oh, like a catharsis. Yeah. That I actually have a little bit of, I can tell you a little bit about research on that. We cognitively, we think this, but what we know from research is that that's not true. Violence begets more violence. So, um, you know, it's like people tend to use that as their fallback. So that's, that's useful knowledge. Yeah. So things kind of continue and eventually Katie is feeling really uncomfortable with the way that girl, the girls are talking about the new girls in particular. And she goes outside to let Matt know that she thinks that there's some problematic rumors being spread. Um, what do y'all think about Katie's choice to disclose this to Matt? Good choice, bad choice. I love her. Like I legitimately, because here's the other thing. So she did this thing, right? But she didn't do it for her benefit, right? Because at the end of this conversation, she wasn't like trying to get in his pants or get kisses or anything else. I mean, she legitimately was like, this is, you know, causing our house to be uncomfortable and full of strife and we've got to do something about it. So like, I don't think that Katie and him um, are a match, but I hope she stays on to the end just to keep everybody else right under control. Yeah, I agree. I, it definitely wasn't the easy thing to do. So kudos to her when you got, when you've got a group of seven people that are doing something like that to be the voice of dissent is hard. You know, there's tons of psychological research about the bystander effect and, Mm -hmm. um, good for her. I don't think it helped her. I think she has been friend zoned. Um, and she is not coming out of that friend zone, but that's good because she is tailor made for bachelor in paradise. She is the perfect bachelor. Like she's funny. She's cute. Um, you know, she's sexually like open, Mm -hmm. like she's the perfect bachelor in paradise person. She will make out with everyone. Everyone will want it. It's going to be great. Yeah, I really like Katie too. And I, much like what you were talking about, Nikki, I feel like typically when you see someone, a contestant go to the lead and say, hey, there's a problem. It's them tattling on someone that has been causing problems for them. And I think that this is unique in that she's kind of sticking up for someone else in doing this. And you don't see that quite as often on the show. And typically it's like a a one-to-one type thing. And they're like, you know, they don't actively go and seek them out. It's like, they're having one-to-one time and they say, I'm not feeling good. And they wait for them to ask where she like sought him out. Absolutely. So um, we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but who are your front runners at this point? Got Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Anyone else I named mine. Michelle's mine, right? I mean, I've only seen one episode, but there was something very genuine. Like I was, uh, I was surprised to see that, right? I was like, oh, that, that thing actually looks and feels real. Yeah. Yeah. I think Michelle, Brie, Rachel, who am I forgetting? There's like one other that. Victoria? (laughs) No, no, Victoria. Michelle, Um, Brie, Rachel, Serena. Oh, I like Serena P a lot too. Yeah. So what's your episode in a sentence or what's your, your key takeaways? Keep your hands up, move your head when you're in a fight. That is my key takeaway. I did kickboxing for about a year and a half, two years and like hands up, move your head. 
and you probably shouldn't spar on your first day of kicks box training. Oh my goodness. I think I'm going to go with what I learned from you today, Bill, that violence begets violence. It's good. Good too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Katie and never be a bystander. Yeah. Stuff, yeah. Great life lessons from The Bachelor. So, Nikki, are there any shout outs that you'd like to give um, while you're on? Any final words? Um, final words. I just, you know, I mean, I will have to say at the very end, right? I was like, ooh, okay, what's going to happen now, right? Because there was going to be, because it ended, right? With the, the we're going to have a conversation about the behaviors in our house. And so it totally reels you in. And I can, uh-huh. I can, I can see that. You always uh, quit until your next time. I'm yeah, sure. I just, I guess I continue to go back to wondering why, like, why would you want to be on this show, right? Like, I just, I, I struggle with that. Other than, I mean, obviously fame and all of those things. Um, like, do they get a clothing budget? Maybe that's it, right? But I don't know. Would you Could not you... have done it in your 20s? Um, that's yeah. a really good question, right? You, you've done so. it in your 20s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have. Yeah. Probably. Here's the thing. Probably not, because I'm actually really shy around, like, relational things. Like, you all... Talking, you know, like Nikki talking about making out with people that makes me so uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I, so I was, I would have been terrible on the show, but I like the idea of my younger self being courageous and going on the show. I don't think that I would have. And here's why I abhor conflict. Like, I mean, so badly, um, and I, and I fully admit that that's not one of my greatest traits, right? That I totally run the other direction. And I think I would have inherently known that there was going to be lots of conflict. Because in my brain, right, I'm like, oh, it's like sister wives. We're all going to hang out. Because there's a piece of that that I like, right? Like, hey, let's hang out by the pool. You have to deal with the dude one night. And then I'm hanging by the pool for the rest of the week. Right? Like, I don't know, right? I'm only responsible for laundry once and supper once. And there's, there's something to that. But... Yeah, the competition thing, uh, oof, that that would have been rough. So I don't know that I can say no or yes, Bill. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another episode. We did it. Yeah. Shout out. Anyone you want to yell out to? Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It was fun. Um, and I actually enjoyed watching it, even though I had a lot of what moments, right? What am I watching? What is this? Um, and I will have to, I'm going to take a shout out to my daughter who's uh, 16, Estelle, um, because she came upstairs and she was like, mom, what are you watching? Because I have like forbade her to watch this stupid show. Like, I don't care if she watches horror movies, but I don't want her the bachelor and i told her and she like watches it for three minutes and she goes this is the dumbest thing ever and then like toodles on to get herself a bowl of cereal for supper right and so total shout out to her for recognizing that this is not the way to move forward for long-lasting loving relationships well maybe she can listen to Bachadamia and we can help her intellectualize this terrible show that we adore <laughs> and i get why you do right it's kind of train wreckish right like can't look away can't look can't look away just get yourself some binoculars <laughs> that helps that's great 
I think we should end it there. Get yourself some binoculars, folks. See y'all next week. You've been listening to Batchadamia with your hosts, Doctors Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at batchadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at batchadamia. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.